0: Sweet. What is it? That's called Ethereal Haze. It's a collab between Other Half and Modern Times. That's a that's a coast to coast collab there. Mm. Brooklyn to San Diego, I believe. I'm sure,
1: there's a song somewhere in there.
0: <laughs> Probably like uh, is that Route 66. Maybe from Brooklyn down to San Diego. <laughs> no. Maybe <laughs> just more
1: concerned that my beer's gonna fall over yeah,
0: it looks a little precarious there it does it'll be less uh, sorry it'll be less precarious once I get situated okay, you have to speak up some John because're I, I can tell you're already you're in a subdued mood today since you came in a few minutes ago unnoticed so you have to force yourself to speak up. I'm tired i'll just I'll just get closer to the mic. How about that? that works too actually no, as long as you don't breathe heavily into the microphone <sighs> creep everyone up. What? That is
1: annoying though. Mouth, mouth breathing. Hearing someone's mouth breathing, on well, a on a pot or not, not podcast per se, but just an audio in general. Like when I'm listening to audio and all I can hear is, <sighs> yeah, like the dude's about to. I say dude because that's usually who <laughs> <you laughs> yes, I hear. Don't, yeah. don't hear too many women mouth breathers. Yeah, no. Is it a guy thing? That's if we breathe harder. We're just we're more animals than my women. Dog is a mouth. Oh, my dog is so bad right now. He's old. He's he's getting old, yeah. but. He just walks around just time panting hardcore. and so It's almost to the point where it's annoying. I feel bad cuz I get mad at him,
0: but he's just old. All right. Um follow up. Uh sure. Do you want what do you want to what do you want to set the stage though? on like a, why are you so tired? What's going on with what's going on? The the audience wants to know. No they don't. John, what what's going on in John's <laughs> life right now? No one wants. I want to wanna know what's going on in John's life cuz I I don't think I've talked to you since last week. I right? know. It,
1: we've been We've been we've been drifting apart, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, we That's just okay. we just don't I'm, talk like we used to. I'm forever yours, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forever
1: yours. <sighs> uh,
0: I miss you. <laughs> uh, okay. So you just been busy with work,
1: or? Yeah, I've been busy with work. I've been working a lot, just trying to get caught up, learning, trying to learn. So a lot of the things I'm doing. I, I guess it's new stuff. It's not. It's lightning stuff, so it's new stuff. So there's a lot of things to learn. There's there's a lot of things to just discover or work around. Yes. And it's been painful and tedious. And I'm still under deadlines. And it actually it actually leads into one of my topics that I want to get to, but I'll, I'll save it for later. But yeah, I just been I just been running ragged. Yeah. Uh, a lot of meetings breaking up my days, and so it's it's kind of odd. I think I said this to someone. It might not have been you, but. You know, I'll have like two or three hour-long phone calls during the day, sometimes four. And it seems like, okay, so I've I've had like these 30-minute or hour-long calls, and that's maybe three hours of my day. And so I'm still trying to reach my, you know, utopian eight-hour day billable. Yeah, it's just not a good idea. It's too many But hours. because they're kind of spread out and stuff, so like in between, I'm either trying to get some coffee or trying to de-stress or trying to circle back on my notes or try to get ramped up on what I was doing before and try to get some progress on that. And then before I jump onto my next call… And then I have, I'll try to have some lunch and take a break, and then I'll do a bunch of this stuff. And then before I know it, my day's over, and I'm like, I've only got three hours to log from these calls. I have yeah. no idea where it all went. And then it's I start to get real it's, work done. It's context switches. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's been an issue for me. Lately, it's just that's the thing, like we well, you know with consulting, and it depends on your agreement, or I mean, they're they're all different, but generally, like, or I will say, one of the models is is the um, you know client. Because it's consulting your contract, you know, they're, they're paying a much higher rate than they would pay like a, an employee per hour, right? And part of that is, you know, they're not paying for your insurance, they're not paying for your vacations, and they're not paying for your learning time and your switching costs. Like, you're, you only bill clients when you're actually doing work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the flip side of that is, you know, if you have a job where you're a consultant, all those things that you that do take up time in your day, you're not going to bill for so if you're trying to get eight billable hours in a day, you are going to run yourself ragged. Either that, or you're just gonna—I mean, either that or you're billing your client for stuff you shouldn't be billing them for. You know, one of the two. Yeah, but I mean, as I said
1: before, it's a feast or famine business. And so I know, and that's—I'm coming yeah. off of famine, and so now I'm trying to feast. But were
0: you—were you, were you really—are you really coming off of a famine? I got to make a bonus
1: number because I need that bonus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't—I don't. I'm not independent, so I, all the extra work I doesn't immediately translate into dollars in my pocket the extra work translates into am i going to meet my numbers for bonus Right,
0: right yeah and
1: so i'm i'm struggling hard because i had a rough first two months of the quarter yeah we're about to get into the last month of this quarter and to in order to make even the minimal bonus number, I have to kick ass this next month, which yeah. I, it's
0: going to be mm-hmm. difficult because I've got Texas Dreaming coming, which is three days out of my bucket. I was going to ask you about that because I know you've been busy and that you're doing what? How many talks are you actually going to do? Two. Two. And so you got to – they're new talks. You've not given these talks before, right? Yeah, they're new. Yeah, so you gotta, you've got to build and, you know, rehearse Yeah, two talks. Yeah. It takes a lot
1: of time. It does. And I, I have my outlines done. Um Hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, I'll be doing a lot of spit and polish on it. The Dreamforce, Dreamforce, Texas Dream and team is wanting presentations, I think, by end of next week, so they can load them up in the laptops, but I plan on using my own laptop, so I don't know if I have to put a presentation forward they if want, they need they to review it. your PowerPoint it. deck? <laughs> yeah, because only one of them will, only one of them is going to have anything. Neither of them I'm not really using PowerPoint too much. I have some slides just cuz I feel obligated to put slides together. Yeah. But I don't plan on really relying on slides for my topics.
0: So I feel like I'm I kind of have the Are this you type- doing live coding or or are you at least showing actual code in like IDEs and things like that? For for one of them yes. Okay. For the other one it's
1: I, there will be some code but it's more about um the access the concept of accessibility and and so it'll be more showing than than a bunch okay. of static pictures on a PowerPoint or yeah. bullet points. So both of them are really more interactive than they are just sitting and listening to me talk. So PowerPoint doesn't really help that.
0: What, what's the, what are the dates of Texas Dreaming? Uh, I think the
1: 12th and 13th. No, I had to look. I think I'm, I think I might go. I heard, I heard you might.
0: Um, yeah, I'm just looking for conflicts. Um, cause I was offered a, so it's the the official 15th, as as 14th and 15th 14th of and 15th. June Jan, oh June yeah,
1: yeah I'll be leaving on Wednesday so I'll be there in Austin on Wednesday staying and leaving
0: Saturday morning the next week I'm in Denver that's gonna be crazy yeah I should be able to go to that um, as long as I can still uh, stay with you because I have to do this on the cheap
1: of course we can spoon <laughs> <laughs> it's my
0: favorite thing yeah, to it's, do it's worth it when we travel I'll put up with some spooning if I can just if I can if no, I, I double check my
1: reservation it. I did book like a double queen or like two queen beds so we should be good cool
0: well John we have um, we have an, an, a Salesforce earnings release I guess this was Q1 of their 2019 because their fiscal quarter starts in February and they went ahead they decided to name that like the future year which is odd It's the, they name it after the year that their fiscal year ends in Right. So they're in fiscal twenty nineteen. Yep. Yeah. So this is Q one Uh I, mean, I haven't been following it, but I I thought I saw some headlines well, let that me, they did pretty well. Let me allow you to take a guess. They kicked ass. <laughs> Be- beat beaten raised. They beat were ass. out of gum, uh, so they kicked some ass, right? Is that how that sounds? goes? I feel, I feel like Can this. Gum or kick ass? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like this was um a little bit better than normal. Um you know, they're again they've they have increased their revenues by Like twenty five percent, which they've now done for I think it's fifteen consecutive quarters. Wow. Which again is basically statistically impossible. I wish there was a way I could access and there's this made it might exist in some publicly available data source. But I you know, basically the history of public companies, I don't think I I would not be surprised if this has not happened. If you do a linear regression of their their top line growth, Mm -hmm. it is virtually perfect. I mean that that uh, but it's a new business model as well, though it's
1: not. It's not like the standard business model of trading product for dollars. There's this subscription. Subscription is
0: not a new business model. Just because you hey, if if having a subscription model means means that you get to you magically get twenty five percent magical growth for twenty quarters, then I I, I would start a subscription business it tomorrow. Unfortunately, you, it doesn't mean that. it doesn't. The that. contract and how yeah, you recognize yeah, gap versus non-gap, right?
1: I mean, isn't isn't well, that how?
0: I, it's more. It's, it's I don't think it's gap as much as it is these buckets of build deferred revenue and then off-balance sheet deferred revenue, what they call sometimes unbilled deferred revenue. That's, that's what I think a lot of people think they're monkeying with quite a bit.
1: Oh, wait a minute. How, did they do good this quarter? How did they, they did do, do good? Well, well, My grammar sucks. How did, they, how did they do good? They did good. <laughs> uh, they,
0: what, what do you mean, how did they do good? Well, they just spent a ton of money on MuleSoft. Didn't that impact them? It's, that was after Q1 closed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, but, the I mean, that means that they were able to increase revenues by, and now, of course, this is year over year, you know, 25%. When that doesn't even include MuleSoft's revenue. It also doesn't include MuleSoft's um, cost basis, which will not help them because MuleSoft was not making money.
1: Weren't they? I thought they were doing pretty well.
0: No. I mean, they had decent revenue growth. Mm-hmm. And they were, I'm guessing now, um, what were they, I mean, several hundred million in, in revenue, I think. But they they were not you know they're losing money still, so that won't that won't help Salesforce in that area. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, I mean if you do a linear regression, you look at this, it's like this, it's like it's impossibly perfect twenty five percent. I don't know. We should ask Einstein. every, 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 every we should ask Einstein. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's it's impossible. Uh, so there there's some kind of monkeying going on there. They're still barely profitable, at least on a you know a gap basis, gap mm-hmm. aka actual actual. Money being spent and or diluted from shareholders. Uh, still, so an extraordinary PE ratio. I think it's like seven hundred and fifty or something like that. So expensive by, by PE ratio standards. Not as. Cool. I mean, they're they're still. I seems like for relatively reasonable if we if you just look at it by revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, cost of their stock per revenue. I mean, I think they're actually lower than Adobe and some other ones. So, but you know the money the 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 profit thing the earnings thing is what is what they have a problem with um sales cloud grew 16% year over year that's actually pretty good cuz sales cloud had dropped to 12% year over year growth i was going to say there. I think that sounds like it's up but but uh, it gets blown away by say, ser- service cloud 29% wow uh platform 36% i'm still what, what is platform? so the, b- the big know. chunk of that is heroku okay um, it probably also includes plat. I'm guessing they probably include like Salesforce platform licenses under that. I don't know. Um, what else do they have that just it does not fit in like their sales and marketing in cl- service cloud stuff? Uh, then there might be some other weird things in there. Yeah, I'm not sure in platform. I mean, they have things like database, but I thought that was gone. And that one's gone, I think. But that was probably that probably rolled under platform. I mean, it, yeah. that one never even. I don't think. I don't think anyone ever sold a license of that. <laughs> And then uh, the big one, though, Marketing Cloud, uh, 41% year-over-year. That's Yeah, I was going to say, I think marketing is doing really well right now. So that's becoming more and more important part of Salesforce's business. And if you notice, and you probably haven't because you've had your head under a rock, I'm sure, for the past week, Mm -hmm. and and just, well, really, month, really. But um, Benioff has been out there doing more of his, I mean, he's, He's moved on from. We've got to regulate. He hasn't moved on. I don't know. Maybe he has. Um, we got to regulate these, you know, social media companies, which Salesforce <laughs> that forty one percent growth market cut. That's all. That's all. That, I mean, that um, that the lion share that is is tied directly into all the stuff he's rallying against. Oh, yeah, he's moved from the smaller tech sector
1: to the the whole nation. He wants to do a United States GDPR. GDPR. Uh, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that was the next one. And and by the way, so I mean. And, and that's really all I had on the earnings. I, I didn't really, I just looked at the kind of the, the high level bullet points. I didn't dig into anything. So I don't know if there's any weird things in there or not, but anyway, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, pr- pretty good quarter, pretty, pretty normal for them. May, maybe a little bit better than normal. They also, another interesting point though, is they, they raised their 2019 fiscal year. Uh, what do they call them? Projections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a bit actually. They're, they raised them to, I think 25, 25%. I don't know what they were, but they got a nice, I, the speculation was that they got a, they got a little bit of a stock bump, two or 3% today. Uh, and most of it was based on their um, 2019 fiscal year projection.
1: So what are they, they raised their projection to do?
0: Uh, I think, t- well, I mean, right now they're on a $12 billion run, right? So they'll probably come in 11, maybe a high 11. So I'm guessing. Uh, but yeah, as far as the GDPR, so Benioff, you know, he thinks we need, you know, that the America needs a national privacy law um, that, that, Looks a lot like GDPR. Now people like to say, and and I know this because I talk to people and also I read all these comments, but people like to, especially if you read like the, I like reading the register because it's mainly, well, I feel like it's just based on the, well, first of all, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, um, the register's in the UK. But also just based on the, the colloquialisms and the, whatever what are they call idioms and stuff people use. Mm-hmm. To, they sound like, it sounds like it's mainly Brits. But they, a lot of them think that you know, their perception is that we have, you know, like zero consumer protection, zero privacy laws, which is really not true at all. Um, e, the EU is always going to be the leading, you know, like uh, <laughs> big, big, I don't know what you call it, big state or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, state protectionism, I guess. We're never gonna be where the EU is when it comes to any of that stuff. It's just uh we were this country was born in a different way and we just we're not that on board. Although we're right behind you usually. So, you know, (laughs) give us a decade and we'll you know, we'll look just like the EU looks right now. But Well, I mean a lot of a lot of the arguments that get made are
1: they point to to the EU or the UK or whichever point they're trying to make on,
0: you know, well they're doing it and this is how it's doing over there and we should do that too. Yeah. I mean I, I in general i mean i think g d p r from what I've seen of it and what I know about it <clears throat> it's it's one of these things it's it's got good intentions i'm i'm sure um but it's it just becomes one of these things where it has so many unintended consequences and costs, and does it actually do any good i mean, how many emails have you gotten in extra pop ups and stuff and and what do people do after they see a few of those? they just dismiss them they don't read them. It's just too much, yeah, if you got to me early. the month
1: with your new privacy policies i was i was taking a look and now i'm just okay delete i know there's a new privacy delete uh there's a new privacy and it's all just going to be gdpr right some of them are just notices some some of them are really good and they say okay now you have to re-opt into our thing because we changed our policies i'm like you have to awesome yeah not all of them are doing that some of them are just saying our policy updates have changed you can go here and then you have you can perform an action but some of them are actually cutting you off and saying.
0: You're not going to get anything from us if you want to come back and re-opt in. I wish my wine club shipments would do that. Because <laughs> I'm getting too much wine right now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, I think I talked about this, but uh, the last time, I think it was the last wine trip we went on, whatever, this is this is a pro tip, by the way. It would, use the same credit card every time you sign up for a wine club, and then what do you decide that, oh yeah, I'm getting way too much wine? Just cancel that card. Why can't you use a throwaway card? Or they won't use Well, you know, when it's a, I don't know. What is a throwaway
1: card? They have those, like, those cards that you can put an amount on, and so you always have to like,
0: like, oh. replenish it. I yeah, it's, it's, not that I, it's not that I don't want to get any other wine. It's just that after a while, you know, maybe usually after six months or a year, you're like, oh, we have a lot of wine. Like, we need to cancel some subscriptions.
1: I'll take some of that wine.
0: I actually <laughs> I'm sure need you to would. rebuild my collection. Well, if you never get your ass out of your house and come to any of our events, you'd be able to drink some of my wine. What events? You never invite me to anything. I do, but you don't come. It's not true. I can't even get you to drink a beer in the afternoon. I know I'm getting old and lame. <laughs> yeah, that's just an excuse, John. <laughs> You're still alive. You can act. You can enjoy life.
1: Well the, well, the wife and I are finally going on a date night Friday. I think. Well, good. Congratulations. Yeah. That's good. You need to go on dates. It's been a couple of months since yeah. we've done that. Yeah. Actually, you no. Know, the last I'm time we went out together was um, the the. Uh, that event that we went to, the beer the beer event.
0: Which one was that? The so one where we had that? the big tomahawk steak. Oh my gosh. I've been to like six of those since then. <laughs> that was the last time we went out. Yeah. The last one was actually the last one was Jester King. It was all seafood. It was really good. Yeah, I saw some of your posts on that. Made me jealous. Yeah. Uh they've got one coming up that's um oh, actually, did you did I send this to you? It's a it's all it's a bourbon pairing thing. And the food. Uh, now the bourbon's gonna be great but the food is going to be amazing. Same place, comment table? Yeah. And also they're doing a um, they're doing <laughs> like a a little blending station also. I got to get in on that one. You yeah. have to send that to me. Okay. I thought Hopefully I, it's still available. I, if I think not, I text maybe, maybe they we haven't can even opened some up wheels and yeah, the sales haven't opened yet, okay. but I'll, I'll probably get the pre-sale code like I usually do, so I'll, I'll share that with you. Anyway, back to Benioff and, and his just textbook Baptist and Bootleggers. Mm-hmm. He's saying, um, you know, he's basically saying, you know, you need to regulate my industry. And of course, what is he talking about? And I have quotes, but I don't know if I want to read them because they're kind of boring. But he's basically saying, you know, we need to use AI to do this. And you need to regulate our industry. And that's exactly, of course, you know, because a lot of these, a lot of companies won't be able to do that. They want, he's going to ask for regulation that, you know, there's only a a few companies that will actually be able to even comply with correctly. Well, yeah, I mean that. that
1: I, I guess you're right because that's only going to help the industry. If you say we need AI to do this, and and that narrative does happen, and the regulation does happen, the company's going to be like, okay, now we need to spend money on AI. Where can we get AI? AI
0: yeah. and Salesforce gonna be like, oh, we have Einstein. So when you think about GDPR, you know, one of the things is you basically you, you can't collect anything without permission, and for every piece of data that you do collect, you have to have, I think, like don't you have like specific permission on that piece of data, and like a plan for that piece of data, and like it's just and. And I'm, I don't know. I, I, I I'm mean, pretty sensitive I, about privacy, and I'm not sure how that helps me that much. I mean, I
1: mean, I think I think it gives you, if your data was used in an appropriate way, it gives you something to litigate with. It gives you a law to say, okay, what you did was not legal. I can sue you for that. Yeah. Whereas right and now, it's kind. Of, there's really nothing to say specifically the is, like, that they did something with your data that, without your permission. And a,
0: and a lot of the small companies are going to get caught up in this. They're not going to be able to comply because they don't have the technology capabilities. It's going to be really expensive to comply. They're going to fail to do it correctly uh, on accident. And they're going to get sued out of existence. They're going to get fined out of existence. And that's, that's, John, that's how this is designed.
1: I don't know. I, I think the same thing, the same concerns were happening around the whole phone thing where you couldn't call people's phone unless if they were in the opt out list. And then you weren't, you weren't supposed to call people's mobile phones because that was costing them per minute. It still technically does. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, how many spam calls do you get on your phone now? Because none of it... I mean, yeah, at one point, everyone was enforcing it, but now no one cares. And they've gotten creative. I remember right after that oh, law, I got a call. Something changed. I got I a call, and they got... What happened is these these spammers, even though they're phone calls, I still call them spammers, they got creative, and they would call and and pretend like they got the wrong number. It's like, oh, is Tom there? I'm like, no. Oh, well, uh, since I have you on the line, let me, let's just
0: talk about this. And so they were still... They found ways around it. Well, now they can, again, I was i was trying to say a minute ago, something has changed. I don't know when it was, maybe a year or so ago. Now, someone told me that a law changed or some law expired, but I suddenly started getting loads of, I used to never get it's like spam calls on my, on my mobile phone because right. we had laws again, like we had laws that, and they were, I guess, fairly severe and something expired or changed. Probably, you know, we probably blame it on Trump as we do all things. And now I get tons of calls. And not only that, but they can, you know, say spoof location now? Mm-hmm. All the time. It's like, oh, this person's calling you from Dallas, or they're calling you from Frisco. Oh, oh it must be my neighbor. Oh, it might be my kid's school or something. Or, you know, who you right. And so you answer the phone, and it turns out to be a complete scam. Yeah. The funny thing is my number is
1: not my local area number, my cell phone. Yeah. Uh, because I, they screwed up when, they, when I got my first iPhone, and I got that new number. And I always meant to get it changed so that I have a local area code, but I never did. So my area code is actually far north. Mm. And it's actually kind of, I've never, uh, even though I, I at one point wanted to, now I don't want to because it makes it really easy for me to see some of those spam calls because I don't know anybody in that area code. But yet, if I
0: get a call from that area code, yeah. I know not to answer it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so Benioff said, uh, he says, this is going to help our industry. Uh, it's going to set the guardrails around trust and safety. It's going to provide the ability for the customers to interact with great next-generation technologies in a safe way. How can you argue with that, Jeremy? That and is the all. Fun- good the funny stuff. thing is, the Salesforce again—they're—they're—they they're, are more as a company. They are more embedded in what Facebook and Google are doing with all this data collection and sharing and. What was the company and Cambridge Analytica? I mean, and I'm not Salesforce didn't have. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, Salesforce was in on Cambridge Analytica. I'm just saying Salesforce is in on that business of um, selling those ads that are all based on all this data collected and shared through your friend network and everything. That's how they're targeting targeting you. And I and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that's just Salesforce like connecting their customers with these ad. Platforms, these ad networks, basically, right? Which is what they want. I mean, that's what that's why marketing clouds growing at 41% a year. But it's weird that no one is even asking the question of gee, Mr. Benioff, that's it's great that you're you're ask you you know, you're you're being the the uh you know the the bootlegger and Baptist thing here, but aren't you aren't you in on all that? Aren't you in that business? Well, aren't, no, you just, ben- aren't you benefiting from all of that data? I mean, it's a valid question to ask. And it, it's a natural question to ask. It and, is, but he's And not. he probably has a good answer for it. I'm not saying not. he doesn't. It just, he just provides the tools. It's how you use those tools. That's how you put
1: data into those tools. If if you're if you're being shady about it and just grabbing random lists of data and putting that into your marketing system, no, that's no, no, not no, no, him. no, no,
0: no. I'm saying that no so marketing the, the Salesforce's tools tie directly in. There's not many vendors that do that either. That tie directly in like Facebook's marketing system you can advertise Do all your adver- facebook advertising through salesforce but that's
1: facebook's uh privacy policy if their privacy policy says when you when you accept this agreement you allow us to share this data well, your data with third party vendors. well we all know what, we some all, some all know what you can vendors. do with we
0: all know what you can do with facebook's privacy policy john i'm just saying it, I mean, it, i'm sure we can think of some creative things you can do with that but is
1: isn't in the 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 biz- and it, he well, is capitalizing.
0: Okay, he is cap, literally capitalizing on
1: it. Well, no, hold on. It's it's interesting because Benioff is in a very unique position. He's had, had he gotten it. his way, had he had he have gotten Twitter and had he gotten LinkedIn? Why do you think he wanted Twitter? I'm just saying, if he had gotten those two systems, he'd be in a very different boat right now, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be able to kind of stand back and say, "Let's
0: regulate this." No, industry. he would even more, even more. Really? Yes. It's the bootleggers and Baptists, John. Of course, he'd want it regulated because he gets to buy and set the regulation that helps him more than it more than other competitors. It actually blocks competitors out. Do we need? Do we need to revisit? Have another? <laughs> do we need to review the you know previous week's lessons here? I'm
1: just trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I, he's not in the business of creating these. I'm linkages. not accusing him. I, he's just, only, I just he's find only
0: providing it, tools that yeah. that and, that
1: connect to these systems and is able to use that data. But if that data is surfaced to I him, mean, he has no control over that. That's, that's Facebook surfacing that data to him, and that's Facebook's problem, not, not the marketing tool's problem.
0: No, I, I agree. I'm just saying that, that Salesforce is a giant uh, – they make a lot of money from all this Facebook data collection. Regardless of whether it's Salesforce's fault or it's not Salesforce's privacy policy, Facebook's privacy policy, Salesforce is in tied directly into that business, and they make a lot of money off that business. And so it's just a valid. Que- it's a it's a natural question that any journalist would ask what, if he's going to be making these kind of statements. I get it, but
1: I, I just I think his out is really easy. We provide tools; we don't control the data that gets put into those tools.
0: Yeah, I know that would be a good out. I mean, it's not it's 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 a it's a dodge, but it would be a good one. And he would use that. You should have gone into PR. You're pretty good at this, actually. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Benioff went on to say that artificial <laughs> intelligence is used in customer service. Again, he's going back to, he's talking about AI because Salesforce is strong, supposedly, in AI, right? So he, he wants regulation that requires... But like AI going to help? Leading AI. Well, let's, let's listen to what he says. Uh, uh, it, uh, AI is used in customer service, quote, that starts to cross the line on what is trust. And that's where our industry really has to come forward and say, we're going to make sure that these technologies are trust-based and I think the Europeans definitely got that figured out. Now, didn't we just talk about, didn't we just, didn't we cover how AI, it, it, it isn't, it's not trust based. AI is brutally honest. AI is racist. AI is bigoted. AI doesn't have a point of view. So it's, it's fundamentally limited on things like mor- morals and ethics. It has the honesty of a child, it has the it honesty just, of a dog, <laughs> just, which is probably equivalent input to a child. And reacts I to it. I mean, yeah. It, it, Exactly, and I mean it'll opt. It's opt. And if you, when you say AI uh, go, you know, I mean he talks about how they, they leave Einstein a seat at the table and say, "Hey, how can we hit our numbers?" Well, Einstein's going to tell you how it hits your numbers. It doesn't understand morals. It's going to tell you how to hit your numbers. It's not and worried I, about offending exactly you know, the guy next. to It doesn't to him. understand that. It's not I trying mean, to play corporate politics. Yeah, I mean look at how a look at the AI systems, for example, that learn how to play chess. Like they they don't understand chess. They just uh, they just can they can play out the infinite number of, or seemingly infinite number of scenarios through the end of a chess game. They don't understand chess. They well, don't. They understand patterns. They don't they understand, understand, understand strategies. Th- they, they understand when,
1: how to apply th- strategies and patterns, but it's not it, it's
0: it's logic based. It's yeah, not and, it's
1: not like an emotional right. feeling they get from the other player.
0: Right, and that's why like AI, you know, it can get you an answer and with a with, and also with a with a confidence level. But it can't. T- it cannot describe that. It cannot tell you, "Oh, well, why'd you make that move?" or "Why do you think that's a dog in that image?" It can't tell you that. It's just because it's it's millions of parameters that are that are just noise. They're noise to any any human type of logic. Anyway, I'm I get out of my league very quickly when it comes <laughs> to this stuff. But this is my this is my opinion on. Well,
1: I just, um, I just don't. I mean I kind of agree that that because it's so un unbi- I don't know unbiased is the word but because it's such a truthful system a but it's it's not a truthful system. It's just a algorithm that in- takes input and produces an output, right? It's right. not it's not a matter matter of it being more truthful or a matter of it being more moral or a matter, a matter of it being more ethical. It's just this oh. algorithm uh, that takes data and d- produces an output and its output's going to vary d- heavily on the input
0: And and everything, experience and everything, of, of all and, the input exactly, collected, the, the, cumulative, the training, yes. yeah, the
1: mm-hmm, training. Mm-hmm. Um, so even then it's still flawed it, exactly I mean it, it is what it is John <laughs> I mean YouTube tried to use algorithms to flag its content and systems and that failed and they had
0: to add people back in well and this you know Uber tries to have AI that doesn't run people over but it still kills people <laughs> Right, I mean, no, that's yeah. and in fact, I mean, there was a um, interesting article that got um, tons of uh, activity on Hacker News that it called AI winter. The AI winter is well on its way. So we went through an AI winter, what twenty, thirty years ago. Um, I don't know exactly when, somewhere around there. But there's all this promise of AI and machine learning, and it just it the expectations didn't. They were they were too high, right? We couldn't. I mean, ultimately we couldn't deliver, and we you know we fell into this AI winter where. Well, I think because All, in, everyone pulled out. and, and I now think in
1: that instance, and I think in this instance as well, it was, it was the marketing around it. It was this hype exactly. that, that overpromised what it could actually do. That the, the expectation management wasn't there. And I'm
0: not going to go into that because I feel like we're already going to go along, especially considering that you and I both are time-constrained. But like, I just had this one comment. Uh, just like an asset bubble, the value of the industry as a whole pops as people collectively realize that AI, while not being worthless, is worth significantly less than what they thought. Yeah. So you've got all this, you know, and I'll just pick on Salesforce because this is a we talk about Salesforce. And they've done all these acquisitions over the past 5 years, a of AI and machine learning and all this stuff. And they've built all these features into their platform and made all these promises and, you know, they have a they keep a seat at their board table, right, for AI. I mean, all this really over overblown stuff. It's totally overblown. Especially when most of it boils down to basic statistics and in many cases basic statistics can do a fine job of the problems they're trying to solve Mm. and so at some point it's like you know yeah and i don't know i mean if this guy's right then we we are going to have just a big it's going to pop people are going to realize it's just can't we can't do what we thought we were going to do it's not there it's not the right technology we're just you know it's it's we've made steps forward but we're not we didn't get to where we were think thought we were going to get yeah um and if that's the case then it's going to hurt it's going to hurt people who have invested in it it's going to hurt salesforce you know because and i don't know how much this is true but when you listen to the analysts they talk about a lot of what's driven salesforce's continued growth is baking these ai features into it it's made it more attractive it's made it's allowed them to raise their they've raised prices based on ai and well i mean a smarter system is worth more if if it's smarter yeah yeah that's the thing but it, but If the bubble pops and people realize that, well, crap, this actually is not any better than, or it's just not what it was promised, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just reporting what has been reported, John. I report, you decide. All right, well, let's move on. Let's do some follow up. Okay.
1: Um, So I'm. uh, didn't get permission to mention names, but this is in context to the reporting, the analytics API.
0: You know, and I sent an email just a little bit ago asking for, for permission on it. Let me see if I've received a response. I have not, so I guess we won't. I mean, the guy was in Slack. Can we not say his name? I'm No, our policy is know, if you don't know, get permission right. in the email. You're so. right. I know, we have to stick to it. We have to stick to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, if you were in Slack, you know who we're talking about. Yeah. Because... He actually, he I believe he was summoned by someone who knew <laughs> who. So okay, you're talking about the I've talked about how I've looked at the analytics API, mm-hmm. and decided pretty quickly I did not have the time to mess with it. I didn't have yeah. time to to learn it and understand it. And uh, so he he popped in and and, and uh, shared he had done a video mm-hmm. uh, like three years ago on how to on like on uh, because it's kind of a simple use case. But hey, here's how you do this, and that was nice. But he also sent a, a, a an email. Um, uh, just you know, kind of explaining it in more detail, and and also kind of can, kind of confirmed that, yeah. If you're st- if you don't have much time, or if you're starting with a more complex thing, it, it can be. It's it's kind of it's it's fairly dense. Yeah. And that was, I think, my problem is I was really time limited. I was already like stressed, and um, and the problem also that I was I'm dealing with a report that's a complex report. It's like a mat- it's like pivoted matrix and like all these summaries. And when you look at the fact map for that, you're just like, mm, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, but if you were dealing with like a, a, a de- just a t- standard detail report or something, it's, it's probably fine. It's right. probably much easier. Which is something we
1: kind of mentioned. We're like, it, it's if you're a, if you just have a basic report with you know table columns, that's it. it it's 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 easy. But yeah. once you starting into these groupings and that was nice. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna start doing. Uh, what do they call that? ASMR? Is that what it is? What's that? I don't know. It's this whole thing where you, you, people focus on the sounds of things. Uh, Like it's, I don't, I guess it's a fetish thing. Not, not, doesn't have to, fetishes don't always have to be sexual. So get your money out of the gutter. I didn't say anything. But uh, it's like a fetish thing where you, you want to hear the sound of something. So you want to get the mics and they'll kick the gain up really high and they'll like record someone typing or surface getting scratched or something like that. It's, no, I have
0: the opposite. What's that with the, oh, I have misophonia. Like, uh, the sound of people chewing their food drives me bonkers. Probably, but it won't hurt you. It's tasty. Tasty sediment.
1: Okay. I, I'm having to pour from a distance, so the head <laughs> on this is crazy. Look at that. It's like half beer, half head. <laughs> <laughs> that is, actually. Wow, that's...
0: Yeah. Never seen so
1: much head. Um, uh. So, yeah, you want to... I mean, I... I I'm gonna am gonna
0: consider this person an expert because they've done it before and they made videos. I wish you could say his because he's um, he's one of these, you know, guys that's always uh doing cool things and sharing everything he learns and all that stuff. Um well, maybe next time we'll give him yeah, I mean, But yeah. he says he says firstly I totally agree with Jeremy that when you look at the
1: response, your initial response should be what oh, WTF. Uh I'll save you okay. the editing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the response from calling to to run a report includes both data and metadata about the report to help you display it. Once you dig into it, it's not that hard to understand for an individual report. However, I feel like trying to do a fully metadata-driven display engine would become more of an investment. So you get you get from from an expert that you made the right decision.
0: Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it was. Yeah, he did say that based on what I was trying to do. Like, I, I. I think he was saying that like I my the approach I think was a pragmatic one. Yeah. It was not the most beautiful, it's not the most elegant, I'm not gonna win any computer science awards for this, you know. <laughs> but I but I got the I was able to drag the Trello card from the building to the done to, to the testing column, you know. We should have like a good day sir. And the, and the client had no idea the difference. They don't care. We they just have, we should have like a good dacer award system for like the best code we've ever seen. <laughs> we just have like a whole event. Speaking of that, I have I have I have a question I have a follow up question for you on um your challenge code.
1: Oh yeah. I haven't had time for that. I, I really want to I really want that to become a thing, but I have not had time to really manage it or <laughs> encourage it or even do it. Um oh, this is this is just if this is this uh, is for the course for me, huh? It is. It I is. get these ideas and I want to execute them, but I am so busy trying to put food on the table for my family that uh, I just
0: you it's it's hard. You're running so thin. You're running so like you're, you know you're, I've, I've I've you have no t- your tolerances are way too tight. I know. I've gotten to the point where I kind of want to retreat.
1: What is it? Recede, retract? Uh, what's the right word? Oh, either, either, either are a good. Retreat. Word, retreat. Yeah. <laughs> I want to retreat from like. The community, not not our community, not the Good Day Store community. That's the most rewarding community I've ever been part of. Uh, but you know, I, I've gotten out of Twitter. I'm, I'm not on Twitter. I mean, I'm on it, but I'm thinking about deleting the account, but I, I don't know. I'm just not on it. I'm not participating on it. I'm not participating on Facebook. Um, I, just, I just feel like it's so much work. It's so much effort to put stuff out there, even my blog. Uh, it's tough for me to find the time. And as my kids get older, and they they need more of my time, they have their activities, their sporting events, and all this kind of stuff. It's getting much harder to to do all these extra things. Um, even even these talks that I'm trying to give, it's it's eating up a lot of my time as well and my brain energy to to come up with those. But um, I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not complaining. I'm not right. complaining. I'm happy that I have the platform and the ability to kind of go and do these talks because I I find them valuable not only from my own experience but to just share and be a part of a community it's just sometimes it's, it gets tough it gets overwhelming maybe it's the, the right way to yep. yeah, it yep
0: no, that's true it's um, yeah it's I don't know I feel like I'm in order to just like I don't know make ends meet pay my taxes pay for insurance pay for an office all this I mean it's like yeah it's you just have to run yourself ragged I don't know in fact, I need to we'll get into sleep, a
1: different business. We'll sleep when we retire or we'll sleep when we die. Especially Whichever with, comes first.
0: Especially when we, when we really get into Benioff's just getting buy mode. I mean, I'm not going to be able to have any of this. I won't have an office. <laughs> I'm, I'm subscribe you know, to that. You know oh, that. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't subscribe to we're that. You're going to sign up for that basic income. That's sounded pretty good right now.
1: Universal basic income. <laughs> you go do that. You go stand in line for bread. I was poor. I did my time. I'm working.
0: Uh, so I feel like I should do since we're done. Are we done with the, the other guys' follow-up? The guy who shall not be named? Yeah, I, okay. I think so, okay. yeah. Um, So I, I did decide to um, upgrade my crash plan to the business one, I guess, whatever they call that. I don't know if it's called pro or business. So yeah, you're supposed to be a business. You have to like, you have, the only way I can say this is because when I when I was signing, filling out the form, which is a simple form, they actually made this, I was going to talk about this because it's really impressive how they did this, but you when you fill out the form, that's like, yeah, I'm, I want to go ahead and switch to crash plan pro or business, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, the business name field is mandatory. <laughs> So, I mean, I could have just put like independent, freelance. Jeremy's treehouse, but I mean, no, I, uh, JR's Jazz In. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. JR's yeah. Jazz In and CP. Don't forget, we oh, have the cocktail parlor CP. also. Yeah. Uh, don't forget the cocktail yeah. part, cocktail parlor. Parlor, it's like, it's, yeah, JR's Jazz In and CP, cocktail parlor. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know why I didn't make that connection. <laughs> 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 My brain's not working. <laughs> that's okay, I forgive you, but. So I, I feel I in I got I got down to where like they, they sent me the final email. They're like, Yeah, we are you're ending today and we are deleting your backup today. Oh no. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I better go ahead and sign up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's me. I'm such a procrastinator. But I so I, I clicked on the in the email, I clicked on the link to switch to Crash Black. Oh, be, and by
1: the way, the cost is now ten dollars more a month no, because they you I,
0: procrastinated. So they they didn't punish <laughs> me, but they should have. And most, most, you know, the government certainly does. <laughs> the tax man <laughs> certainly does. That's so I clicked dude. on, it and there's like, you know, there's probably four forms to fill out, fill out. Now I did, um, their business, you can tell that their business program was separate from their consumer. Cause I had to like, I had to enter a new credit card. I had to enter my credit card information, even though it was the same credit card.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Cause you're basically creating a new, and they explain that like, Hey, you're creating actually a new account. And even the client that runs on your computer is a different piece of software. But here's what's amazing. So after I filled that out, I didn't really do much because I was super busy the rest of that day. But the next day I noticed I had this new, different, I had a different icon in my system. Is that a tray? What is this? The menu bar. Menu bar, yeah. In Windows, I think they still call it the tray. Yeah. <clears throat> I had a different icon. I was like, oh, well, what the hell is this? I click on it and it says, well, first of all, that the app is called Code 42. Now I don't know where their marketing people are. That's the name of their company, I think, Code 42. Okay. But I mean, I signed up for Crash Plan. I think everyone knows it by Crash Plan. Like, call the app Crash Plan. Call it what all your branding people did to build this brand and to, like, put the logos everywhere and make the logo bigger and all that. And, like, call Mm -hmm. it that. Don't call it some obscure, like, oh, well, yeah, we have a DBA for Crash Plan. We're actually called Code 42. Well, no one cares (laughs) what the, you know, what your Delaware corporate, your shell corporation is called. Like, but anyway, I mean, that's alphabet. That's my one. That's my one complaint. But what's cool is how it just seamlessly. I don't know if it uninstalled the other app, and put this one in. But obviously, that other app I hadn't the old CrashPlan Consumer app. It was able to, like, install and bootstrap the the CrashPlan Business app. And it, the other one's gone, and the new one's here, and it's just running and did not skip a beat. So you didn't change anything. I know. I just filled that that four field form.
1: That's actually pretty cool. What what it signals to me is they they probably started out consumer, right? And the business model came out later. I'm not sure. And so likely they had to build this transition
0: plan for consumers to go into business because they've already had business users using it. You know, um, when you switch to this, um, they give because they're making you switch or or just cutting you off. They they are giving me. I want to say it's like a it's like a buck fifty or two fifty a month for for a year. Mm. Now I did roll back to I used to have two devices, my computer and my wife's computer. Mm-hmm. I took hers off because actually she doesn't even it's she hasn't even installed the client since she got a new computer a year ago, so what's the point, right? Yeah. Um so I'll, you know, I think I'll end up being at $10 a month, which I think is a I think it's a fair price, so. And and I think there's a Netflix there were, right now. I know. And there were people that encouraged me. They're like, hey, it just sounds like it makes sense just to stick with Crash plan, you know, Crash Plan, pay the whatever. And it sounds like yeah. you're getting a good value. And I am. I mean, that's the, some of the cheapest insurance you can get. Yeah. And obviously, obviously I talked about in, on previous episodes, like what a good job I think Crash plan does. They are really the best. Their clients, the best. Their features, are the best. Their restoring is the best. It's the technology. While some of some parts of it are crusty, like people complain about the fact that the the client and I don't know if the business one is, but the consumer one definitely is a is a Java app and you wouldn't know that unless you're a nerd and you're like, eh, it's a Java app. I don't like it. It's slow, it's so not gonna be no your computer's just slow, it's not the app slowing you down. You know, it's like <laughs> but you hear stuff like that. But
1: uh yeah. well, well speaking
0: of that, I applaud you for, for backing your data up. I saw a commercial recently and it I cracked do, I, me up. I do that. I, I plug this thing every day and do a full bootable backup with uh, mm. what do I use? Uh uh Ooh, which one? What is it? I have to type it in. Um, Super Duper. Wow, that was weird. I had to. I had to like play like I was going to launch it because there's also Carbon Copy. Is that what it is? It sounds familiar. And there's uh, also something clone. But anyway, you know, I use um, Super it's Duper. Not Carbonite, is it?
1: No, it's that's a, that's one of the backup
0: things. Yeah. Um, no, I use Super Duper. Okay. I've used it forever. It works. And it, this is a bootable. So if like if my hard drive were to die in my computer, I could just plug this in and you do um, target boot device or whatever, and I'd be right off of this. Yeah. So I saw this commercial recently, and it, it's one of those commercials that nails it. It kind
1: of nails, you know, just how people are in general. And it was a commercial that starts out with this girl. She peeks over this cubicle farm. She says, my files aren't there. And this other guy looks over and says, I'll oh, just refresh. She goes, I did. And and they keep telling her to refresh. And then, and then it cuts over to them just getting off the call and saying, oh, our cloud provider says we're supposed to be responsible for backing up our own data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the most hilarious thing because we do, and I myself included get complacent with all these cloud services. I'm like, oh, it's in the cloud. I don't have to back it up. I don't have to worry about it. You know, Salesforce has got it. They've got all their, their data farms and everything and redundancy. But no, you're still responsible for backing up your own data. So I applaud you.
0: All right, so can, can I die? get... No, somehow you uploaded yourself to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I got some, somebody. It is. just happens automatically. It's from the cloud. That's oh, probably the that's best perfect. one. perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's perfect. perfect. <laughs> you know who that was, right? That's your best friend. You don't know who that was? It just happens automatically. It's from the cloud. That clip is so old. Who is it? That's uh, Parker. Is it? Yeah. No. Yeah, he's... um. Uh, he, that that is the uh, <laughs> ultimate dream guest that the um, the wizard hat guys want to get on their podcast. They're always talking about that. Oh, we're shooting for the top. We want Benny on. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. I'm not going to sell for second best, <laughs> second in charge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the, not the Parker second best. Uh, I, probably, I need to rephrase that. Second in charge, right? He's the. I want the I want the big chief. What would we ask him? What would we talk
1: about? I, I talk about his political aspirations since he's gone to wearing the uh,
0: oh the American flag fl- pin. American
1: flag pin. I, yeah. I've been I've been saying for years he's going into politics. <laughs> he's going to get out of Salesforce. No, that's true. He's going to still be on the board. Yeah, but he until he's in office in like the Senate or government or whatever, then he might have a proxy. But until then, you know, he's he's still gonna he's he's
0: moving into politics slowly but surely. You know, it's it's normal when you go into politics that you. um in, at least when you reach Sunday a certain we'll have level Benny off on the presidential ballot to vote for Yes, maybe so but when we reach a certain level in politics these uh, are the federal level you put your investments into like a blind trust or whatever mm-hmm. and so you don't you can't be right. biased well what happens but what, what if you ha- happen to have like four or five billion dollars of stock in one company you can't exactly. It's not. It's not exactly liquid at that point. I mean, it's kind of hard to sell that much of one stock. <laughs> it's more of a gesture. <laughs> I mean,
1: from what I understand of these blind trusts, they're still a broker, and you you know you might yeah. still be
0: friends with that broker, oh, and you might true. go fishing right. every so often, and yeah.
1: This, oh, the yeah. subject of this stock. Yeah, I, I to come hear up.
0: the coal industry is going to do really well in the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just me being cynical. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's finish this out with some lightning talk. Okay. Ooh, a, a lightning talk or some lightning talk because that completely changes the meaning, as you've learned. I as I said that I, I realized yeah. the wrong words to use. Um, <laughs> you use the wrong article and it completely changed the meaning. It does.
1: <laughs> so I thought I'd talk about the stuff that I'm hating right now, and then I'll try to finish with the stuff I like. Okay. So that oh, finish like on a positive things I like,
0: things I hate. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Go. Right. So what things you, what, I things I hate, and this hate,
1: is okay. this is this is all experience from my recent. Building lightning stuff. Um, first, are you I'm, doing
0: a lot of lightning right now?
1: I am, and I'm doing a lot of lightning with co- with communities. Oh, that's right, right, that's right and so okay. these these new communities that are all built on lightning. How's that uh, working out? By the way, I hate it. Okay. Mm. I, well, I'm going to say the stuff I like for what I like, right. but what I hate about it is that all the performance issues you have with Salesforce and refreshing and caching exists now on your community portal. So now it's one thing to say, okay, you're a user, you're a business user, the tool is what it is, and Sure, it's going to refresh a little bit slower, but we compensate you. Don't worry about it. Your salary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's another thing to have your customers log into your community portal and they're having to wait for things to load or refresh or things like that. It's just not a good experience. I mean, what we is, talked about for no, years and, and, the web and how we've optimized things for load times and and all these kind of things. And now I have all these components on my screen and some of them are really basic, like just the standard HTML component that you can drag and put on the screen and and or even not even that the rich text component. Let's use that one where I just kind of copied some some text from the client that wanted on the screen and I put that on there. And even that takes for a while to
0: load. <clears throat> I, I don't know what the exact phrase is, but or the, the stat. But Google, you know, one of the things they they've they've tried to do for years now is to encourage people to get their have their everything respond faster. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, your page respond to the point that they're actually in, uh, rewarding and punishing based on how long pages take to load. <laughs> <clears throat> And they've got all these interesting stats, and I figure if anyone Google knows these things, but I they and I'm gonna butcher that, I, I this is not exact numbers, so don't hold me to this, but it's something like this. For every second that a page takes to load, you lose like thirty percent of the people. They'll just they'll for every second you lose thirty percent more. Yeah. And I don't know how long these lighting things take to load, but it just depends. I mean sometimes it's cached in your browser and
1: it loads Decently, and other times it's you've 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 made a change to the community, which has changed your your static resource file. I mean, you can hook up a CDN to the community, which I haven't done, and maybe that'll help some of that. But no, they but CD- you do have a static they, resource. I and every they time- did
0: that. They they will if you say that it's a public resource. They will. They have a CDN. They'll CDN they it do, for you. I don't know how good it is. Every time you save and update your static resource,
1: it gets a new version, which means that mm-hmm. CDN it gets a new file, which means yes. now you have to download a new file on your on your which website. Which is what you want, right?
0: It is, but that's but that, on a CDN, so it should be super fast. It should be. Yeah. But
1: like I said, I'm in development, and so maybe some of the things I'm seeing and some of the slowness I'm seeing is because I'm developing and changing things, and I'm I'm in the builder or I'm you know trying to view it as if a customer was viewing it but even when I'm viewing it as a customer I'm still seeing some things like my entire content I have like a header and a footer and that's the first thing you see so you just see this awkward header and Mm -hmm. this awkward footer you need a big ass spinner right in the middle John and then in the middle and then the page like
0: expands (laughs) really really fast because all the components finally loaded right yeah. And it's just mm. I know. And then like yeah, do you force like a minimum I know, height on I that, thought about to, that to try to like a like a placeholder height or yeah. something almost? You know, it's like I don't know, you have all these problems. Well, that's that's kind of modern web development. You have these little components and I honestly and I could be completely wrong on this, um, but now since m- most modern like web apps are you know, some some initial page loads, but it's usually minimal, minimal template or whatever, and then there's these different sections of the of the screen. That each are their own little widgets, mm-hmm. and that are each making some REST call to get like the data to populate them. So you have these things coming at different times, and the problem is, with that is it can when as they come in like and they and they render themselves like they'll, mm-hmm. the the page is shifting and, and sh- all around oh, you know, and yeah. it's loading. Yeah, but I actually prefer and and if you have the the liberty to do to do this. I actually like to have an API call that's basically specific for each different like major screen mm. that wraps everything together yeah there's big benefits to that there is and I, I've even done that
1: with some of my components where I was loading I was allowing each component to kind of go out and grab its own data mm-hmm. but then I was like it, it was getting it was too slow um and so because well, that one call was doing too much no it no because it was each individual call so if I had like a composite component that had maybe three levels deep uh-huh. and I allowed each oh they're all making to, separate calls they're all making three I'm different saying, calls to get data yeah and I'm saying and so I, I've that. had to manage that and yeah. say okay I'm going to wrap this the top level is going to get all the data and pass it down to the ch- ch- to the children
0: components and and again back to like the, that talk that Matt Lacey gave at, at TX TDX was um, yeah I don't, I, I don't know it sounds like lightning doesn't have it's like it's it's version of like the flux pattern solution to things there's um
1: shoot i'm gonna forget the name because i just learned about it it's like some kind of olympic pattern or something like that i'm, I'm butchering oh, wow. it Olympics. but there is some kind of pattern where you can you can have this kind of global data set that kind of gets shared across and i think it goes in the glim- global nam- name or something but i haven't i haven't dug into it to know what it is but i think there is some concept of that bubbling up in the
0: community okay. huh. interesting yeah, I mean, someone needs to solve it. And I don't. And it's, it could be one of those things where, depending on how, what level, that needs to be inserted into the stack. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost it, some of these things are like we, like, for example, deployments. Regardless of how hard gear set and all these guys try, you're, they're stuck with <laughs> they're stuck with the same problems I'm stuck with. Yeah, they're just they're doing the best they can to provide solutions around those. But the, really, we need Salesforce to improve. There's nothing we can do until Salesforce provides better solutions to some of these things. Yeah. And I don't know if that's if that state problem is something that Salesforce has to provide or not, because I don't know near enough about Lightning to, to know that.
1: It's, it's, it's either something the community has to come up with to, to say, okay, here's how you define some kind of global data set that can be shared across all your components to kind of reduce the chattiness of your program. Or Salesforce provides something, which I, I thought that the data services was going to be that, but it's not. It's just kind of a glorified, here's your standard controllers type stuff. It doesn't really deal well with managing multiple record sets that are editable, at least not that I've seen. I, I'm, I'm barely getting into some of that. But from what I've seen, a lot of the components surrounding the data services, the ones that support it at least, um, really like to deal with a single record. Like the 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 new Lightning Record View component is, is another one of my hates. Um you can use it and you can put it on the page and you can have you can tell it here's the record id and here's the object type and it goes out and grabs the the data for you and you just say okay here's an output a lightning output field or input field and here's the here's the field i want you to render and you just define it and it goes out and does out all that and renders it for you but it does it differently than what the native detail does like you don't get the under the line underneath you don't get a inline edit icon. There's no variant to allowing you that. So if you want to enable that or add that kind of support, you're having to hack the HTML and, and CSS because the way it renders it, it's kind of the embedded deep and it's kind of this weird hack thing. So, so now I'm just I'm hacking away at what it renders to try to get it to support what I want. Or I can go full manual mode and say, okay, render the field, don't put the label, I'll do the label. But Salesforce doesn't allow me to, to pull in the metadata for the label. I would have to make a call to Apex to say, "Okay, Apex, describe the metadata and give me the labels for all these things, so that I can put them on the screen." Otherwise, I'm hand coding the labels. It's just not there. Yeah. So things like labels and things that that normally you have in in Apex, where you can say, or Visual Force, you can say object type dot account dot fields dot label. You can't. You can't do that in Mm. Lightning. And so it makes trying to trying to create these screens odd. Uh, another hate of mine is that f- is the 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 way the Lightning Design System doesn't match what Salesforce is doing in the UI at all. I mean, it, it's it's isn't LDS kind of a hack anyway. Like the LDS was supposed to be the thing that we're all working from Salesforce and us, and so that we can build these UIs UI. well, that is look not? native. Is that
0: was that why is it not?
1: Well, Salesforce is creating their own language for new components, but even even the components that they've that, that are in both don't match. The markup in both does not match the markup yeah. that salesforce is creating is not the same markup that lightning design system is using the style sheets and class names that the that salesforce is using isn't the same that lightning design system is using and so it has its own things and things look different you don't get underlines the on the field. Then, doesn't it? I mean, the the stupid icon is using a different border radius and i see that most people don't but i see that cards are broken the, the, the lightning component card that they give you that says, if you want to render a card like we do, use this lightning component. It doesn't have a variant for a border. All the new Salesforce stuff, all the new cards have this weird border. Well, not weird, but it has a, a single line border. You have to add a, a lightning design system um, class name called SLDS um, dash card bordered, I think is what it's called, to get the border. And so it's things like that where I'm yeah. like, "There's no variant for this. There's no variant that says bordered. It's just either base or, or narrow." And I'm just like, "Come on, this doesn't make sense." Yeah. And so there's a lot of things with the native components that, or the like, our Visual Force equivalents, where we can say render this type of field or render this type of. It just doesn't exist, or it renders it completely differently, and you're having to hack it to try to get it to look the same. But that in itself is dangerous because now, if they change the design system, which they have. Plenty of times, or they change the way they're doing something. Like you can't consume their
0: style sheets because it'll break your stuff. It's almost like the the design system team or whoever's maintaining that is just they're just watching what the actual Lightning team does and try and trying to copy that, implement it. I think it's supposed to work to in the reverse, though.
1: I think the intent was the design the system would be yeah. dictating. Okay, well, here's how, how you design what, that's this. not what's happening, though. And then they're supposed to implement that, but they're not.
0: Yeah. They're doing they're they're doing their own thing. You know, John. It turns out the software is really. Hard. Software is hard. Especially, I mean, I'm, you know, there's a lot of all that lightning that seems impressive just knowing that the enterprise level that Salesforce is at. And when you look at most enterprise, that's this is, people, I I think there's there's so many different people. When you say enterprise software, people get such different things in their head. Yeah. Um, But I'm talking about the, you know, the SAPs, the Cisco VPN clients of the world. All this just The um I don't want to pick on any names because I've got friends that work for some of these companies, but like the the virtual terminal clients of the world, just all this just really like it at the core it kind of works the software, but it's like it's they're so rough around the edges and stuff so ugly and it just like it's such a mess. And it's and it's because this is software that's made for the people who buy it, not the people who use it. And it just it draws such a huge I mean it makes such a huge difference. And Lightning's one of these things that, you know, when lightning's good, it's it's good. I mean, I'll totally admit it. You know, and I don't, I own, I'm only kind of arm's distance with lightning. I mean, I use it when I log into an org that's got it on, and I've got to get some stuff done or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's gotten, you know, I've certainly seen it get even from the limited amount I use it, I've seen it get a lot better. And there's parts of it that are just like, oh wow, this is like a lot better. And there's they've got opportunities to do things in a more modern way, and and um, it's. It kind of when you realize how big Salesforce is and the fact that it's enterprise software, it's amazing they can get anything done. It really it kind of is. Yeah, no, and with as many team, how many different engineering teams do you think there are at Salesforce? It's like got to be like hundreds. And and they're dealing with you know priorities from different executives and product managers, and th- this is what this is what is usually the downfall of enterprise software. It's like you can't navigate that. There's no team that can be that can be successful in a way that makes buyers happy, makes their bosses happy, and makes users happy. And to the, to whatever degree, lightning has checked all those boxes, and in a lot of cases, I think they have. It's pretty impressive because I, I don't see any. I don't see anyone else at that scale doing that. Yeah. And I, and of course, there's lightning still has a long way to go. They're still as much as they're sh- basically now shaming you for not converting yet, and and literally messaging directly to your users regardless of what you want. Um, <laughs> there's still a lot of I, I things think that they aren't ready, that, yet. but yeah, I, I, no, there's there's plenty uh, of
1: kind of passive aggressive things yeah, going on in yeah. lightning like. Oh, if you want to edit this page, talk to your admin or go ping your admin. I mean, there's just like all those little things where they're just trying to trying to get you to do stuff, but um anyways, I'm going to transition cuz I want to be sensitive to time. Yep. Um I'm going to use this topic to transition from what I hate to what I like. Okay. Um, one of my big hates is that I can do you like
0: or do you love? What is this? Probably let's say let's let keep it at like. I like like better. Yeah, I'm not going to say I love it. I'm not in love. I like like. Yeah. But I'm not in love. Okay.
1: Um, so I'm going to use this to transition. So one thing I've been having a lot of issues with is uh, the interaction between Apex controllers and my JavaScript yeah, you, controllers you or helpers. Yeah, you talk about that a lot. And it's, it has to do with um, when I'm pa- passing back lists of objects as a property. Well, I, it, it's continued to be a problem for me. I was having all... Oh, here's another thing I hate before I get into that because this, this helped me discover how to fix this problem. Um, the, the new Lightning formatted date does not work correctly, it, it doesn't manage locales correctly. I, I pass it a date, it's the right format, it's the right object, but everything's a day behind. For some reason, it's not. Uh, I get in, that too. So, uh, I, uh, so uh, I had <laughs> to use the, the, the UI.FormatDate, which for some reason works correctly, whereas the new Lightning formatted date doesn't work. So this is UI colon formatted date versus Lightning.formatted date. I'm not sure why these versions exist, but either way, it's not working correctly. Yeah. The other one works right well i was having issues with that so i thought okay maybe the fact that i'm ser- i'm doing i'm ser- pre-serializing my apex to json and then deserializing on my javascript side maybe it's losing context of the metadata and because i've had this problem and maybe the the date string that it serialized to uh, lost context meaning maybe it lost a z at the end or something that it needed and it doesn't know that it's what time zone it's supposed to be or this is this is gmt or whatever so i kept plugging away i was like I've got to find a, a fix to this. And out of just sheer, I don't know wh- how it popped in my head, but I thought, what if I just use an array syntax instead of a list? So, what if I did object name brackets array syntax in my property name instead of list
0: object? Is this an Apex thing?
1: Just, yeah, okay. in Apex. So, instead of, and I think I did this before in the past where I was having issues with lists and I used an array syntax instead of the list. I've object. never
0: seen those have different behavior. That's really interesting.
1: that and it fixed the damn problem. Wow. I can now pass back an object with properties of, of lists as long as I as long as my aura enabled property uses array syntax not not the list mm. data type. Wow, well, I've never seen those behave differently. So for anyone's having problems and, and and is doing manual serialization deserialization, you can stop if you use an array syntax instead of using the list data type Crazy. for all your arrays. Wow. And that solved it and it works just fine. Mm. Um. So let's <laughs> get the stuff I like. Yeah. Uh. So some of the things I like is um, I do like that the Lightning Design System has quite a bit figured out. It has things like icon and sizes and grids and all those kind of things, and I've used all of those to my advantage because in building this community site, I want to make sure things are still responsive. And so by using all this stuff, I'm I'm doing less work to have to make sure this is all responsive. I'm using the grid responsibly. Uh, it has things like you can do like um.
0: Responsibly, responsibly responsively responsiveness responsively yeah, yeah so so
1: that. like your grid you can say i always start with what i want the grid to look like on a mobile interface and then you can add new tags that say okay let's say slds or the lightning design system medium now the grid is 1 of 2 instead of 1 of 1 so normally on a mobile it's the grid is 1 of 1 medium size i can do 1 of 2 and large size i can do 3 of 3 okay in terms of the grid pattern. Mm-hmm. So you can you can scale it just by using CSS without me having to go in and write a bunch of media yeah, you're, CSS you're break queries break points, that yeah. says media mm-hmm. min 400 or 480 or min 700, or whatever the breakpoints are.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I've used that to my advantage quite a bit. Another thing I like is I did this for the first time. There's not much documentation on it, if any, but I built a wrapper component that let me uh, put in the body that I wanted wherever I wanted it to, but it's kind of magical. Mm. <laughs> so I have a wrapper component, and I want the body of what. So whenever I create my component and I add that to my page, and I want some other content that I want to define from the parent page into that. I know this is not coming through, is it?
0: No, I just, I just I'm like I'm enjoying your talking, <laughs> listening to you talk about my component, my page. <laughs> that's okay. I'm gonna use my.
1: I don't care. I know. That's how I talk. I know. That's how I talk. Uh, it's my accent. My is my accent. Okay, um, And so, I, I wasn't sure how to do this because I, I wanted to build this card, but this card had to be, the content of the card had to be inside this div tag. Otherwise, my CSS wouldn't work. Okay, And so, um, I just kind of, I added an attribute called body, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to assume that if I create an attribute called body... It's gonna map everything to it, and then do this. And I thought, well, you know what? They kind of magically do that form. They magically create a attribute anyways for v record or record ID. So whenever you define a, a, a component, a lightning component, you can say has record ID. And I think what it does is it inherits from the base component that all of these are based on that attribute of v record type or v or record ID attribute record ID. Okay. I feel like I'm losing you. Yeah, I mean you are, but that's good so for you for someone in, understands this just not me in in visual force when you create a component you have all these I think they're still called attributes in visual force and you can tell it what things your component accepts as an attribute you've done that right so you've created a custom component and you can say okay my component accepts an ID and accepts a, a contact record and you define those attributes well in lightning components you have the same thing okay um, but whenever you tell it what it supports you can you can define these implementations, mm-hmm. and when you do um, force record ID, it automatically creates like mixins. V- yeah, yeah. Okay. Essentially, so it automatically creates some of these attributes for you, but it looks like magic because you're not having to create those mat. You're not having to put in the markup those attributes. It just it's just there. You just assume it's there because it's part of the base component. And so I was like, okay, I'll take that attribute out, and I'm assu- I'm going to assume that every component has a v dot body or a a body attribute. And it turns out it's true. It does. And so I was able to put that v.body... Um variable wherever I wanted to in inside my component, and whatever I put inside the body of that component would render right there mm-hmm. and then the other part is I wanted to provide the abilities for
0: certain content to show up somewhere else in that card now is this uh, what I, what I wonder is like is that supported meaning like is that something that, that could break because you're not supposed to do that and it could break, break in the future I mean
1: I doubt it i mean it's it's the body is as a normal thing otherwise. That's just how that all those
0: components work, and yeah. maybe it
1: could be broken. I I saw somewhere, I thought I saw somewhere that that was a thing that it was showed up on one of the Salesforce blogs. But like I said, there's really no comp, no documentation that I found that said here's how you officially do a component and put all this stuff in there. I just kind of messed with it, and you know maybe there is something out there and I didn't find it. But this is how I learned about it. Yeah. Um. So bas- I had this on the card. I had this bottom footer section where you could put actions, and so I wanted to be able to put markup from my parent component into it. Uh, and so what I did is I I looked up all the data types that it supported, and then I didn't see what I wanted, and then I went into the framework data types that it supported, and I found aura.component. And that reminded me of how you pass in components to other native components. So like you can override a card, a lightning.card, you can override the header by adding an attributes or aura set, I think it's called, and tell it the attribute name and then you put in your markup in there and it Mm -hmm. takes that and injects it into the other component it basically passes an array of your components into that other component and that component renders it wherever it's supposed to and so knowing that i was like oh i bet i could do that and so i did that and so i was able to inject my actions data into that spot so i created this really nice just template component and was able to pass things in put it wherever i wanted so i was really happy about that uh, it wasn't too hard to figure out. I just kind of used logic and used what I knew about how how these components usually work, the native ones and all those kind of things, and kind of just
0: inferred it,
1: is yeah. <laughs> that's the right word um so I like that
0: yeah um it reminds me of i mean and it's, uh, it makes me appreciate all the view stuff i'm doing it's similar concepts i just think view has nailed like the simplicity in the model, and like angular used to call it transclusion um Anyone who knows angular knows what I'm talking about it's too hard to explain but mm-hmm. basically how you can have a a parent component can pass things into child components and the child components can render them render those things that the parent passed in yeah
1: somewhat. i mean that's essentially yeah. what it is i mean you're you're using an attribute to pass in
0: components uh, angular's model always confused me like my brain couldn't completely wrap around it and god view just nailed it like just the the mental model is they just, it's so simple. It's like, oh, wow, I mean, like, this is easy to understand. Yeah. And it's not, I don't know, that sounded really complex, but maybe it's not.
1: It's not. It's its harder to explain than it is to show. Like, if I, if I had a screen up here right now and I was showing you exactly what I did, it would it would take me, like, a minute to, okay. to describe versus yeah. what I'm doing now.
0: Um, I, think, I think people that do lightning development probably understand what you're talking about a lot more than I did, but I was kind of following, though. I mean, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it did. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it helps someone
1: who's trying to do something similar. Um, beyond that, I mean, there, there. I mean, there's other things that I liked about it. Uh, in, in terms of lightning, I like the, I like the design um, component. It's, it's. There's a com- design component. Yeah, it's it's kind of like another component that you create that lets you define what attributes you can edit in the editor. So in the builder, mm-hmm. um, and I've been using that quite a bit to my advantage to allow some certain mount certain things to be configurable without having to create like a, a metadata type or anything like that to pull that in from Apex. It's just, as long as it's a simple type like a string or a pick list or a Boolean or an integer, you just pop that into the design. And when someone drags that onto the component, they're able to edit that right then and there in the builder. Um, and that data is there. Mm. Um, so that was kind of nice. The only, the only problem I had is sometimes if I change an attribute or remove an attribute, it kind of breaks the components so I have to take it off and then put it back on. So what editor are defaults. you using here that you're talking about? So whenever you add components to a page, use it. There's you a VS builder. Code here, or
0: is this in? No, Salesforce? This, is, this
1: is in Salesforce. You go to Salesforce and you open up a builder either for a record page or you create an app and you open the builder
0: for that. So what's the, what's the um, process look like going between like VS Code and sales and Salesforce? I mean, it You mean IntelliJ Code? Or, or either one. I'm just assuming that cloud? Salesforce is promoting VS, their their VS Code thing, though. But it sounds like a lot of this you've got to do in Salesforce's little dev tool thing. Well, you for create a Lightning. component,
1: and then you make that component available
0: to certain page types,
1: either to community or to a record page, yeah. a record home page, or it's just an, it's just part of an application. mm mm-hmm. And so when you go into the Builder, you go into Salesforce, you go into Setup, and then you access the Builder, and then you see your options for the Builder, and you go into it, and you get a layout. And that layout is predetermined. They have different layout types. They're just templates. You mm-hmm. might get a three-column layout, or a, a content in a sidebar, or maybe two or three headers, and all those kind of things. It's probably like WordPress or something. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, basically <laughs> it's that. And then you drag and drop these components onto the screen to build your composite page. Yeah, uh, And that's pretty much the crux of how you add things to the page. And so when you do that, um, when you add a component, then the editor gives you the ability to modify whatever parameters the developer said you can modify.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, They're just properties. And so you can you could say, okay, my title of my component is this, or here's the icon I want you to use for the component, or here's here's the mm-hmm. variant I want you to use for this component that the developer programmed. Mm-hmm. And so it, it makes that part nice and easy okay. without having to do a bunch of engineering of, okay, here's the metadata types, and here's a class that knows how to grab that, and then here's the call you make to go and get that information and all that kind of stuff. It just, it's just there. Uh, and it's also part of the cached stuff, so when it caches your metadata, that stuff is there and it's cached and it's more performant. Um, so that made it easier, I mean, in certain aspects, to kind of create something that was more configurable and wow the client with, oh, if you want to change this, so you just go here and change it, and that's
0: it, no coding. you know. We could possibly go wrong. <laughs> just go and change your application. <laughs> Depl- and do it in production too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're sure not hell not going to be able to like deploy a bunch of complex random changes from your sandbox to production. So yeah. yeah, just do it around production. Uh, I, I forgot to mention something in the hate bucket
1: that I'm going to have to bring up, and that is you can't... I got spoiled by Illuminate Cloud's uh, refactoring all classes and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't refactor components very well because you have to change the name of the component bundle, and then you have to change the name of each individual component to match... Your entire stack, if you wanted to, uh, if that component's in use, sometimes it remembers the old name and not the new name, and it's really crusty. I don't recommend renaming components. I have like this stack. Just of components. live with live with your incorrect names. Also, in <laughs> communities, I think there's an issue. Like, I'm not sure how it handles publishing versions versus build versions of your community, but I couldn't delete my components even though I removed them all from the from the community build but I hadn't published it yet. I think there was still dependency on the published version of the community on all these legacy components that I created. And so I couldn't delete them. So now um, I haven't tried it yet, but I think I published everything to the new, to the community. And so now I think I can get rid of all those legacy components because I tried to rename and or, or I had to refactor. And so I just got like this stack of like 15 components that I have to get rid of. Uh, that's the other thing, is to do to do these things right, to do the right layers and create the right module system of components and interactivity, you end up creating a lot of components. And with no namespacing and no folder system mm-hmm. or no bundling yeah, beyond just yeah. this top-level component bundle, it gets hard to manage. You end up, again, I'm back to naming things. Like, I had to prefix everything with the same name to kind of group them together to say, this is my thing. The The nice thing is, at least with the... the um, design component, I can tell it what the label is to show on the screen when in the builder. So at least I can make that somewhat pretty without like a bunch of prefix namespacing stuff that I'm doing in the naming convention. But I hate it. I hate <clears throat> that part. Managing and I mean you remember the the extracurricular and um, uh, what's his name's talk on the the data table that he built that supported like everything, every feature of yes. the inline editing and all that and his component graph that was just <clears throat> immense. Yeah. It, that is really easy to do with Lightning. Is to easy, create yeah. this component graph that's just like hundreds of components, and then try to maintain and manage that. It's
0: it's going to be crazy for well, any big yeah, any, I mean, any you size. run size. Those kind of things like you, you run it like your first three attempts at it are you know suffer from dis- uh, performance problems. Well, not even
1: that. There's there it's it's much easier to say okay, I had to build an activity. So in Salesforce, you know, you've seen Salesforce's um, Lightning activity timeline for activities. Maybe not. Like in activities, it it shows the activities in a timeline view. I avoid any activities in Salesforce, so I don't okay. think I've seen that. Well, in Salesforce, it gives you this acti- this timeline view of activities. So you see tasks mixed in with events and emails and all those kind of things, and it's a timeline view. Um, well, they changed that, by the way, and now it's this collapsible, uncollapsible thing. So I, I, I built a bunch of stuff, and now I have to rebuild a bunch of stuff to support mm. that. Anyways, the, the collapse feature, I could... Inject IDs into each section, and then have code that goes and looks up the IDs. But it gets kind of weird because you you have to you can't use the or ID. You have to use a, a standard element ID. And then I'm kind of concerned about the uniqueness of the page and that ID.
0: So again, again,
1: are you are you going past like the supported layer into unsupported territory? Yeah. So I don't like doing that. So the only proper way to do it is to for each one of your items that you would have in that list is to have a component that represented that. And then that component could have its own controller and its own properties so that you can say this component is expanded or closed. And so now I've got, for the activity timeline, I have like event, email, task, call, four, plus an extra one, because this was the whole reason for me building it was to add another type of custom object task that they wanted in the timeline. So now I have like five components, five line item components, one item component, that knows how to pick which of these sub-level components and then the ultimate list component. So I've got, to support the activity timeline, I have five, six, seven, eight components just to support activity timeline. I guess, I mean, components are how you do everything, right? It is, but yeah. it, without any kind of organizational scheme, you just have this long list, and it gets kind of tough to manage or to kind of walk into and just kind of go, okay, I know what that does, or I know what this goes, and I, I know these, these things are grouped together. There's no bundling of components to say this is my
0: composite component and it represents these three bundles. I was forced to do some Apex (coughs) earlier this week and I had a bunch of different types of things that needed to be sorted, custom things. And so I had to, of course, Salesforce doesn't, there's no comparator interface that you can implement and pass to the sort method. You actually have to just implement a class of sortable things. Oh, yeah. You can't say like, hey, sort these things. By the way, here's a comparator that tells you how to sort them. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, the downside of that is like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. It's not a comparator. It's it's a pain in the butt. Re- requires a bunch of more code. But uh, at least you can do that. You can implement, compa- I think, what's it, comparable, I think. Um, but then that means a bunch of more classes. And they, when, then we get back to, well, I already don't want to put, a, I don't want to keep dumping more classes in this namespace because, or into this single global namespace. Because who knows, depending on what their name, where they're going to float to. You'll never be able to find them. It's just, a, it's a big mess. Yeah. Um, and then of course you can say well make them make them uh, interclasses well hope they don't hope you don't need statics in them or anything else because there's that limit it's like you just keep bouncing from one to the other no no this is just like back to complaining about Apex but this is why I avoid it I just I'm avoiding on platform stuff it's just not fun it's not a fun way to engineer it's not a good way to engineer it's if you have to do it but I stay outside when I can well I'm in the trenches trying to make it work the best I can yeah I mean, yeah, I've been there. You do what you got to do, but it'd be, boy, it'd be great if, if, you know, the world's leading SaaS company, $12 billion, could get a halfway decent programming language for us to work in. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll I'll try to finish on on what I like, and I, I guess the ultimate like is I do like the Lightning design system. I wish Salesforce engineering used more of the Lightning design system so that we could all match, um, but I really like that the Lightning design system exists. I'm not having to pull... Like like I did in Visual Force, I I didn't have to like go and inspect and figure out what style sheets or class names they were using and or pull their their CSS and try to bring it into my component and hope they never change it. Um, I have an official thing that says here's here's the the CSS for this, and I can use that and I feel comfortable using it. It's just I wish the Salesforce side the, their their side developing their their components used more of the Lightning Design System so we would match.
0: Yeah, because they're, again, they're not iframe.
1: They're all in the same. Yeah. Which is why we don't get versioned Lightning design system because it's all on the same page. So you can't have version one of the of the LDS and version two in the LDS running the same page because okay. the
0: markup, the, the again, CSS classes would conflict. This is one of the things that I I don't envy, these problems that <clears throat> the Salesforce engineering teams are having to solve. I just I don't know if there's a good way to solve that. yeah. And I try to be
1: somewhat pragmatic about it. I know at first I kind of hated it and wished I had versions, but the more I looked at it I was like it's kind of a tough problem to solve. I mean, how, how without really muddying things even further, how would
0: you create a version design system? I don't know. And I mean, and there's no great examples either. I mean, look at look at the leading like kind of appy buildy kind of things like Joomla or Drupal and like WordPress and these things and they they haven't done a good job either. I mean the way no. I mean things like components become like a certain theme only supports a certain kind of components. They almost they're pretty tightly coupled. Like you have to kind of design for your theme. Themes have to support certain well, they're, things. They're, they're not plugins. And I think WordPress is just now not out even, with a
1: new modular system that I, I don't know how it might be moving into Salesforce territory in terms in terms of how it handles components. But um, I, yeah. I mean, it's like this huge. Why are you looking at your watch? Yeah, just people
0: bothering me. Oh, that was boring you. No. Like, when is it going to be done? Talking? No, that's the problem with having a smartwatch. Rude. Yeah, no. And it's, talking to you seems rude. Really it is.
1: Anyway, so I think WordPress. I, I think in the next release or next major release is coming out with a whole new component system. So it's not. Technically, plugins, there's this whole new
0: UI component system, and you know it's we'll be, see how that gonna works out. It's going to be based on Lightning. <laughs>
1: Maybe it's using the Aura framework, <laughs> I mean, exactly. who knows? We'll find oh, out. That'd
0: be good. As long as they implemented their Java serverless on the back end, they're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to end it there. That's okay. all I got. Yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think that's all I got, too. You shipped those shirts out?
1: They are in the capable hands of my uh, Mrs. Wonka. Oh, you've
0: pawned it off.
1: No, I I printed the list. I got okay. the labels. Got right. I got the whole address thing, and I went back to our spreadsheet and found all the ones that you hadn't sent yet. And you've okay. You got that spreadsheet? Yeah. Okay. And so I added okay. all the new people to that, and so um, they're going out. Good. We're, we're getting there. I, in fact, I might make Miss Miss Wonka the the official uh, swag
0: sender. Yeah, she's much better. Swag at that stuff manager of swag. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. mm, she wants to, I would. We could certainly use the help. That's for damn sure, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, if you would like to join our Slack channel, you can do so by going to com. click on Community, and uh, give John your email address. He will uh, spam you relentlessly because we don't have GDPR here. Nothing. That's right. And he might also add you to the Slack if he gets around to it. Oh, I'm selling that data. Yep. I'm getting rich. Yeah. <laughs> or if you just want to uh, send us questions or uh, topics or feedback, uh, info at Um, What else? Reviews, the hearts, the stars. We love them. We appreciate them. That's what makes us rich and famous, <laughs> hope everyone knows i'm kidding about
1: the whole spammy thing I'm pretty sure I that. add you to slack and then I delete you that yeah. email so oh, yeah. yeah they know yeah. I'm, I'm kidding yeah. I just
0: want to make sure we have, in this
1: in this heightened climate of privacy, I just want to make sure we are mistakes. we do
0: not have any bootleggers and Baptists going on here we are <laughs> <laughs> we are very we're very we're very much simpletons this is a simple operation we yes. it's we are not uh, encumbered by the indulgences and and temptations of capitalism because that's we don't work what for the man man and we don't <laughs> we do not all right john
1: oh well, and to that i say good day sir
0: you get nothing you lose good day sir